0: And of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The next two shows will be Thursday, December 8th and Thursday, December 22nd. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. What's up everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast, and this week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our NFL Weekend Review, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining us, as always, is the man that knows the NFL forwards, backwards, sidewards, diagonally, and every way in between. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, the NFL exporter, Mr. Lance Goodman. Lance, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, Vinny. How's everything going today?
0: Everything's going great, man, just, uh, you know, all over the place, running errands, you know how it is, man. It's uh, it's a crazy world, but we still make time for the things we got to do.
1: That's right. That's right. Especially the holiday season is here now. I'm pretty sure that is uh, adding more to people's schedule, but uh, we are here and we are ready.
0: Absolutely. So uh, Lance, let's jump right into it. What would you say were the highlights of uh, week 14?
1: Yeah, Benny, we're getting to the point now. We are officially down to the last month of the season. So we have weeks 15, 16, 17, and 18. So we literally have four games left in the season, and by now, things are what they are. Um, let's go ahead and just talk about the landscape of the AFC and NFC Uh, in my opinion right now both conferences only have three legitimate contenders I would be surprised in the AFC if I don't see the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs or Cincinnati Bengals make it to the Super Bowl in the NFC I'd be surprised if I don't see the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys or San Francisco 49ers make it to the Super Bowl those six teams have established themselves uh, a notch ahead of the rest of the competition and so when you look at the AFC right now Buffalo was able to get a 20 to 12 victory at home last week over the Jets Buffalo right now in control of their own destiny they are the number one seed with a 10 and 3 record and so as long as they continue to win games uh, they will get a first round bye and be hosting uh, every playoff game until they leave when you look at Buffalo right now and this is really a thing for the majority of teams in the NFL especially these playoff contenders you're really worried about injuries and then you want to be playing your your best football right about now. This is about the time, the last month of the season, where you want to start playing your best football heading into the playoffs. And for the Bills, neither one of those things are happening right now. They lost their defensive end, Von Miller, who they brought over in the offseason. He was part of the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl run last year. Uh, He's gone for the season with an ACL injury, so that is a big blow to their defense. And then more concerning to me is on the offensive side of the football. Buffalo right now, two one-dimensional, two dependent on their all-world quarterback, Josh Allen. The Bills have not had a running back with over 100 rushing yards in a single game all season. And outside of wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, their wide receivers are very unreliable and inconsistent. Uh, you're hearing murmurs now about the Bills' offensive line really not being up to par. And that explains some of their struggles against the Jets last week. So uh, Buffalo is still a prohibited favorite, but I myself do not like the trends that I see going on with them. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the 2C right now, in the AFC, we know what it is. We talk about it week in and week out. As long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, uh, as long as their key players are available, this is a team that has won uh, their division for seven consecutive years. They have made it to four straight AFC Championship games. They've made the Super Bowl in two out of those four years. So to me, they are still the most proven commodity and team that has the most uh, has the most uh, uh, been ba- has has been battle tested the most and has the most valor and championship experience. When you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, injuries hampered them last week. I don't. Know how long he'll be out, but wide receiver uh, Tyler Boyd had a finger injury in the first quarter. They kept him out of the football game. Wide receiver T. Higgins is dealing with a hamstring injury. When Cincinnati has both of those guys in the lineup with Jamar Chase, uh they have one of the best wide receiver trios, probably the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. Joe Mixon at running back, Joe Burrow at quarterback. This is a team that is, over the last month, been finding its stride. I think if they can be fully healthy, they certainly are going to be a team to contend with. When you look at the other teams in the AFC that are pushing Vinny to get into the playoffs uh teams that I guess you would say pose the biggest threat to Buffalo Cincinnati or Kansas City the Tennessee Titans they're going to win the AFC South uh, because of the other teams behind them are not that good um but the Tennessee Titans lost at home this week for what against the Jacksonville Jaguars and we've talked about this time and time again Tennessee is a team like a couple other I'm going to quickly touch on in the AFC where they're bumping their head they have reached their ceiling there is no way further that you can can go. When you look at Tennessee, this is the basic formula for Tennessee. If Derrick Henry, their running back, is running wild, if they are ahead in the football game, if it's a closely contested contest, then that is when they are at their best because they still do have a very good defense. But if Derrick Henry is not able to effectively run the football, Ryan Tannehill, their quarterback, the pieces they have at wide receiver, those guys are not good enough to get it done. And Tennessee is a team that definitely cannot come from behind. And the weather, Vinny, especially in the Northeast and along the East Coast is becoming more of a factor. Tennessee, three first half turnovers against the Jacksonville Jaguars doomed them, got down by 13 points. They could never come back. So although Tennessee is expected to win the division, we've seen that act time and time again. We do not believe they are a team that can make the Super Bowl. The same is going to hold true for the Baltimore Ravens. Quarterback Lamar Jackson missed last week's game uh, with a knee injury. He's expected to be back in the next few weeks for the playoffs. But again, they're another team. We already know what the ceiling is they are a team that is not built to pass the football consistently to win games. They're a team that is not built to come from behind. They're a team that always squanders leads late in the game. So as much of a contender as Baltimore is, again, there is not a true belief that they're going to be able to make the Super Bowl, the Miami Dolphins, the Los Angeles Chargers. Those two teams played out in Los Angeles. Chargers came out on top. Both of those teams night and day uh, don't know what you're getting from week to week. I think right now when you look at both of those teams, the Chargers getting, back healthy on offense. is helping them out a lot. Uh, their top two receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams coming into last week's game had only played one full game together. So when the Chargers offense is completely healthy with Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, running back Austin Eakler, they are certainly a team that can score with the best of them. But we see coaching, decision-making, their defense is suspect, and they're one of those teams that kind of get in their own way. As for Miami, I think they're ahead of schedule, maybe if, as far as what we expected this year. In Injuries are starting to mount on them a little bit. They lost one of their starting tackles for them uh for the remainder of the season. And I think teams are starting to get a little beat on Miami a little bit more, Vinny, in terms of what they like to do in the passing game. It would behoove them and be in their best interest to try to find some balance running the football because teams at this point have kind of caught up to speed to what Miami is looking to do in the passing game. Uh Vinny, that's kind of the landscape for the AFC. You do have the New England Patriots as seven and six uh still lingering around, but teams Teams do not view them as a threat. The other team, the New York Jets, who played the Buffalo Bills extremely tough, uh, they're certainly in the playoff hunt. Uh, They're another team that has an ability to kind of control their own destiny. I think if you're a New York Jets fan, the biggest boat of confidence and thing that you're loving, again, is that this team is coming out weekly and competing. You're not watching your team get blown off the field. You're not watching a bunch of turnovers. The big elephant in the room, Vinny, out in New York right now is that Mike White, their quarterback, looks leaps and bounds better than their number two. Overall draft pick last year quarterback Zach Wilson. And it's really going to come down to some business decisions here because they have a ton of money and interest tied up in Zach Wilson. But it is evident to see that Mike White, who they drafted the same year in the fifth round, he is a much better player, much better quarterback, and he's a guy that the team is rallying around. And so uh, that is going to be an elephant in the room that the Jets are going to have to address at some point. Before I jump over to the NFC Vinny, was there anything in the AFC uh that captivated you, or are there any teams besides buffalo cincinnati and uh, kansas city that you think have a legit shot at making the super bowl um
0: hmm. i definitely know i've i just saw a lot of in, incredible games i know that um uh, there was two things that caught my attention um as, as far as like how the game as far as the game that i wanted to uh, ask you about because there were some things i saw that confused me for example i saw with the ravens versus the steelers when harris did the dive and he gets the ball apparently he crossed the goal line and then as he he like he like stretches out, and then as he's falling to the ground, he pulls it back in and, like, holds it tight as he's hitting the ground, they said that it was a touchdown. So I was curious, if he's landing with the ball in his hand, is, is it still a touchdown? He just has to, like, like does the ball have to actually land in the goal line, does it just have to cross it, and he can pull it back later? Like, I was confused. Like, how does that still qualify as a touchdown if he's landing outside of the goal line?
1: Yes, I'm happy. This is great that you brought this up, because we actually talked about this in the last week or so, um about uh the rules of the game, and so this is what makes it different real quickly a couple weeks ago we talked about how a, a wide receiver so a guy who's out running catching a pass when he caught the football he reached it out over the goal line but when he fell to the ground the ball moved and the play was called an incomplete pass and not a touchdown because he was not in possession of the football He was someone who was in the process of catching the football. Therefore, even though he stretched the ball out over the plane of the goal line, when he went to the ground, the ball moved. So it was an incomplete catch. In this case that you're talking about, that is absolutely correct. If somebody is already in possession of the football, meaning they are running with the football, they are not in the process of completing a pass. They already have the football in their possession and are running. At that point, Benny, all you need to do is stretch the football out over the plane of the end zone which is the goal line strike or touch the football excuse me uh, take the football and touch it up uh, uh, on any part of the pylon which are the orange markers that sit in the end zone and so that is all you need to do in order to qualify for a touchdown so you see a lot of times like Najee Harris different players you stretch the ball across the goal line and at that point it is recognized as a touchdown all the ball does need uh, needs to do is cross the plane of the goal line after that he's pulling it back because he wants to make sure that he does not lose possession of the football so that was pretty much how that worked out and why it was called a touchdown you the football or your body entire body does not physically need to be in the end zone you only need to get some part of the football across the plane or the pylon at that point it's recognized as a touchdown
0: okay because that that was something i definitely noticed and then in the jaguars versus titans i noticed the there was one point as we were talking before about the many turnovers the Titans had. At one point, the Titans fumble the ball, the Jaguars recover, and I heard the announcer say, the ball came out late, and the Jaguars recover. So, if the ball came out late, how is that a recover? That's the part I'm trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, so, well, when he's saying the ball came out late, just basically prior to the runner uh, hitting the ground. So, in the NFL, they recognize a play being stopped if a player's forearm, elbow, knee, or butt hits the ground. At that point, you are considered down. And so a lot of times what's happening on these plays is as a runner is on his way to the ground to where his knee, uh, his butt, his forearm have not touched the ground yet, the ball will get punched out or stripped out late. And that's what the terminology or the announcer was talking about was that the runner you know, wasn't standing up straight, he wasn't in the process of running and somebody knocked it out clean, but on his way to the ground the ball came out late. And you see that happen a lot now in the NFL where uh, that's how these defenders are being taught, that not only do you uh look to tackle a guy when he's on the way to the ground but you kind of do a it's not even kind of i will have to check this out on video sometime but you're doing a punching motion within the confines of your attempt to wrap the ball carrier up and that punching motion a lot of times is punching or knocking the ball out of the offensive guy's hand when he's on the way to the on the way to the ground that's where they're constantly teaching uh since literally that when you are about to come across contact you want to cover that football up with two arms, two hands. You want to really embrace that football because as you are falling to the ground, a lot of times your natural tendency is to brace yourself by stretching out your hand or your arm or something like that. And these defenders nowadays are flying in and they are not only looking to make a tackle but they are making a tackle and in the same process making a swinging motion with their arm and literally, you can see on slow motion on some of these Vinny, their fists are actually balled up. Like they are intentionally looking to punch that football out of that offense a guy's hand when he's on the way to the ground.
0: Yeah, and uh, and of course, um, before we get to the NFC, I, when I look, I'm looking at the a, when I look at the AFC about as far as he's gonna make it in the Super Bowl. The Bills are going if they don't go there's some type of voodoo magic that's preventing them because they have played the best I've ever seen them play. And like I said, Allen is probably one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Just a simple fact that at one point for first down, he damn near ran, leaped, and had one of those moves where the guy jumps and the guy, like, hits his foot and he kind of flips in midair that you see in, like, football movies all the time. And I've never seen a quarterback or not many quarterbacks that sacrifice their bodies like that to get a first down or to try to score or whatever. Most of them just run and they... St- run a couple feet and then they slide. Like, Allen's like, he's a quarterback that acts like a running back, if that makes any sense at all. And I feel yeah. like he is truly leading his team. Like, we talked before in, few, in past episodes about, you know, quarterbacks being leaders and holding themselves accountable and leading the teams to victory. And I think Allen embodies all of that.
1: No, I totally agree with you. Um, right now, uh, he's behind Patrick Mahomes and J- and uh, Jalen Hurts for the MVP candidate. But no, you're totally right, without question. He's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL there's no doubt about it he can get it done with his arm he can get it done from the pocket he can get it done with his legs he can get it he can throw on the run uh but that is something that is becoming a little bit uh problematic for Buffalo which is you are relying on him way too much you have other players on that offense I mean why can't Gabriel Davis be more involved consistently weekly you got uh Isaiah McKenzie some key drops last week you know running the football you know Josh Josh Allen is the team's leading rusher I mean you got two good running backs what's the problem? is it that your team does not put a focus on running the football is it that your offensive line is not that good so you know those are the concerns with Buffalo I think most people agree with you that right now Buffalo at 10 and 3 if they're able to hold on to that number one seed get a first round bye, and then every playoff game until they lose has to comes through Buffalo then you like their chances a lot but again the losing Von Miller that was a big deal he was a guy who could close out football games had two Super Bowl rings a lot of championship valor and not only only uh, on the football field, but his voice in the locker room, the leadership that he shows. So Buffalo a team right now, key division matchup against a desperate Miami Dolphins team coming in. Uh, But I think Cincinnati and Kansas City right there, right now, are playing better football than Buffalo. Uh, But the Bills are a team that certainly are to be reckoned with. You know, we move out to the NFC, Philadelphia at 12-1. and I mean, they just absolutely went out to New York last week and just slapped the Giants around from from the first kickoff. And uh, Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, became the first quarterback in NFL history with back-to-back seasons of 10 rushing yards, but he's impressive as a passer, Vinny. I mean, only three interceptions all year, 22 touchdown passes, the way that he's orchestrating his offense, and the thing that you keep hearing about Philadelphia, and this is the time of year that we're getting to, the teams that have the most balance, the teams that have the least weaknesses, and I think when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles right now, if you did line up Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, along with Philadelphia, Dallas, and San Francisco, those are the two teams in the NFC, we'll talk about in a minute. I think you'll say that Philadelphia pound for pound is the best team in terms of they really don't have a weakness. They have the best offensive line in the NFL, which allows them to have one of the best running games in the NFL. You know, unlike the Buffalo Bills, their running back, Miles Sanders, has had back-to-back weeks of over 120 rushing yards. Their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, is a dual threat, just like Josh Allen. You look at their wide receivers, more consistent, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. You look on the defensive side of the football. They've got one of the best front lines. A lot of this is one of these games are one in the trenches. So Philadelphia's defensive line is a top five unit. Their defense as a whole is a top 10 unit. So they're a team that's playing with extreme confidence uh, right now. And they look every bit of the part at 12 and one. I think what Philadelphia's probably need to, at this point, start thinking about as we come down the stretch run, again, is going to be help. I know they want to lock up that number one seed, which will give them a much needed bye week to rest up and make sure that all home uh, playoff games until they lose come through Philadelphia. But that is really what their focus is right now and looking at their schedule the rest of the way outside of a tough division game on the road against Dallas, uh, their competition is inferior. This week, they're playing on the road at Chicago, another game that that you'd expect them to win Uh, right behind them, the Dallas Cowboys. I certainly understand that there was a uh, much tougher game than anticipated, Uh, barely eking out one against the Houston Texans. Uh, For me, I think it's just a matter of, the Dallas Cowboys, we, we just see this from them year in and year out. And as far as I'm concerned, they will have one or two games a year where a team that comes in there that they're expected to blow off the football field, and it simply doesn't happen. And so I think if you're Dallas at this point in the season, you're not concerned with how you're getting wins and losses. You are just concerned with getting those wins. You want to stay as close as possible to Philadelphia. They're two games behind in the loss column. Right now, Dallas is 10 and 3, uh, Philadelphia is 12 and 1, and they're in the same division. And so so uh, the way that the playoff system is now, Vinny, unlike it was five to ten years ago, you don't you no longer have the top two teams in a conference get a bye, and then two wild card teams. They've switched the format to now only one team gets mm-hmm. a playoff uh, gets a bye, and then now six teams uh, play in the wild card round. So basically, if you don't have the best record in your conference, unlike five to ten years ago, if you have the second best record, you are still playing that game. And so if I'm a Dallas Cowboys boys fan I would not be too concerned as long as this team can stay healthy they are certainly a championship contender the San Francisco 49ers are the team that you really want to circle because they're about one injury away from their season going to waste if you look at the 49ers Vinny over the last four years the two years that they have been healthy they have been to the NFC championship game including last year and in one of those years they actually made the Super Bowl but this is one of the most injury riddled teams in the NFL I mean the amount amount of injuries that pile up on this team year after year are absolutely ridiculous if you look at this season alone they lost their starting quarterback Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo was in there last week broke his foot he's out for the season Their are uh starting running back to start the season Elijah Mitchell had a knee injury the first game of the season came back eight weeks later after recovering the next week he was back out for the remainder of the season you look at their uh star wide receiver Debo Samuel went down last week thankfully it wasn't a season ending injury but he's out for the rest of the regular season with an MCL sprain and a high ankle sprain. You look on the defensive side of the football. They lost their top uh, defensive back Emmanuel Mosley earlier in the year with an injury and so this is a team right now that cannot afford any more injuries. If you look at how San Francisco is playing, they have the best defense going in the league right now. These guys have not given up more than 20 points in the ball game only two times. This- this entire season. Last week absolutely obliterated Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense, only giving up one touchdown. And so, with how great their defense is playing, the amount of playmakers they have on offense, that deal for Christian McCaffrey paying off. He had 153 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns last week. You still have George Kittle, you still have Brandon Ayuk in the passing game, but losing Debo Samuel was a big one. And they're very fortunate it wasn't season ending. I think the bright thing that you like for the 49ers right now and that now this is going to somewhat complicate matters going into next season is rookie Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. That is what the last player in the NFL draft is called. When you are the very last draft pick in the NFL draft, which is a three-day, seven-round process, you get the nickname as Mr. Irrelevant. And uh, Iowa State, he was a rookie, excuse me, rookie quarterback from Iowa State, Brock Purdy, uh, has come out and he's daffled. He looked great last week in that 49ers game, outplayed Tom Brady, had two passes touchdowns one rushing touchdown the only issue for him he came out of that game with a ribs and oblique injury and so it is not expected to be serious it's a short week 49ers actually played a huge Thursday night game this week against Seattle but as far as the 49ers are concerned if they don't have any more marquee injuries they are just as a big of a threat as the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl when we talk about other teams in the NFC that potentially have a chance uh, to to compete. You know, the teams we feel could be the biggest threats to Philadelphia, Dallas, or the 49ers. We'll start with the Minnesota Vikings, and they lost last week. They were not even favored. Vinny, last week, Minnesota had a record of 10-2. and They were going to play the Detroit Lions, who have a losing record, and Detroit was favored to win that ball game. And when the dust settled, we see why. Double digits. Detroit won 34-23. to We've talked about Minnesota a lot on this show. How? They are a team that this year have won a lot of close games. We didn't know if that was going to be something to help them or hurt them come playoff time uh, with the 10 and 3 record. They are, are almost assured a spot in the playoffs especially since they're leading their division but they're a team that nobody's afraid of I think that is what the biggest takeaway of yeah you have a 10 and 2 record or 10 and 3 record but we other teams don't have any type of fear against Minnesota. I think Minnesota is a team that does not do anything extremely well. I think they're a good team especially with their amount of talent that they have. But let's face it, teams don't, uh, people really don't believe in Kirk Cousins in the biggest moment. They are struggling big time to run the football. In my estimation, it has to do with they have a new offensive coordinator. When you look at running back Dalvin Cook, so many teams, Vinny, want to run this pistol-style college football spread offense where you're running out of the shotgun. The only problem is if you don't have a quarterback who's any threat to run, that is a useless formation. And nobody is worried about Kirk Cousins running the football. that is hurting them. You know, their their offensive play calling and their inability to get their running back Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best in the league, he's having troubles getting the football consistently. And then the Vikings defense has been leaky all year long. They give up a ton of big plays. Again, how we've seen against the Jets, how we've seen against Buffalo. Uh it's a team that just finds timely plays, but we've also seen them being inept. And let's not forget about the Dallas Cowboys coming into Minnesota a couple weeks ago and mopping them all over the place at their building 40 to 3. So. Minnesota is a team that's going to get in the playoffs. They are certainly a Jekyll and Hyde wild card type team but I don't think anybody's afraid of playing the Minnesota Vikings. The team that beat them. The Detroit Lions of uh, winners of five out of their last six they have pushed their way into the playoff hunt now. Uh, playing with a ton of confidence they have a huge game this week out against the New York Jets. I don't know if, if anybody thought at the beginning of the season going into week 15 that the Jets playing the Detroit Lions would have playoff implications but they most certainly do. I think this week, we're really going to see what Detroit is about because they're going on the road. The Jets defense is extremely tough, and the Jets are a team that's kind of finding themselves. And so this is going to be a big game for Detroit, but that was a huge win for them uh, last week. You look at the rest of the NFC, I think the Seattle Seahawks are the only other team that you may have any type of uh, concern with as far as maybe knocking off the 49ers, which they'll have a chance to do on Thursday night football this week. Philadelphia, Dallas, you're concerned with Seattle more than anything is going to be their defense i think that is the biggest concern now we did see quarterback geno smith who is still in the front running for comeback player of the year he still should be highly considered to be in the pro bowl uh, for nfc quarterbacks but like any other quarterback in the league uh he didn't play well last week and it was his two first half interceptions that allowed for the carolina panthers to get out in front of enough of a lead and hold on to that football game and i think carolina very quietly is a wild card certainly not a team that you would envision making a playoffs but with the tampa Bay Bay Buccaneers losing last week and Carolina winning and Carolina right now having a head-to-head victory over Tampa Bay it is the Carolina Panthers it is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if the playoffs started today it would be the Carolina Panthers winning the uh, the NFC South Division not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so uh, they're a team now with a ton to play for and uh, these games are meaningful with the last month of the season now here Vinny a lot of teams are in one of two positions you are either in the playoffs and looking to stay healthy you are either making a playoff push and know that you cannot afford to lose a game or you are on a losing team. But guess what? Even a lot of players on those teams, how we seen last, last week with Jacksonville going to Tennessee. You know what? A lot of times, Vinny, when these teams know that their season is over and they're not making the playoffs, guess what? Now we don't have anything to play off. Pressure's off. We just coming out, playing football. We're running a lot of stuff on offense that we've worked on all year that, you know what? At this point, if we lose the game or the play doesn't work, oh, well, we don't have a shot anyway. And then you have a lot of guys on these losing teams, Vinny, where they don't know if the same coaching staff or management is going to be there next year. So it's a, so it's an audition for these guys. A lot of these guys are working hard and trying to play their best football because they're auditioning for other teams when it comes to the offseason to get signed somewhere else. The other one, Vinny, uh, it's going to be a big Sunday night matchup this week. Both the New York Giants and uh, Washington Commanders have a shot at making the playoffs. And those two teams square off on Sunday night football. So uh, it's going to be real. Interesting coming down the stretch run. Like I said, don't take it for granted. These games still do have meaning, even if they are between teams who may not have a shot at making the playoffs. The other big news, Vinny, coming out of week uh, 14 was Arizona Cardinals quarterback uh, Kyler Murray uh, tore his ACL on a non contact injury. Obviously, his season is over, and this is a huge problem for Arizona, who paid Kyler Murray a huge contract this year. With the injury happening so late in the year, he probably is not going to return until about this time next year so you can pretty much call it a wash for the Arizona Cardinals and that's big because they have a lot of money not only tied in him but they've done something that's very rare they gave a five year contract extension to their head coach and general manager and now when your franchise quarterback that you've invested so much money in and and pretty much put you know your franchise in his hands now that he's gone for the next year it really leaves that franchise in peril
0: yeah I definitely look forward to seeing some, uh, some exciting football this week the standings look amazing amazing and uh, obviously um, as we mentioned before we got we are a little pressed for time here so um, uh, as always Lance I thank you for uh, taking time and busy schedule but before we officially wrap this up real quick uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yes please uh, visit the website nflexporter.com that is my official home my official hub where you can get all my exclusive content and work uh, you can check out the pure NFL podcast where we talk strictly NFL football you can also join us on the extra points fantasy football show the place you get expert fantasy at Vice for Champions on Twitter. Please reach me at my handle NFL exporter on Facebook forward slash NFL exporter. The name is Lance Goodman and the way that you spell NFL exporter is NFL E X P O R T E R. Also, if you're here in Atlanta, please make sure to give me a follow on Instagram. That's at U-F-C-A-T-L and that stands for Ultimate Football Club A-T-L. Uh, we certainly will have a couple more football uh, live event parties before the season is over you can come down and join me and my guy here, Vinny Bushi.
0: Absolutely. And uh, those those are really, really fun parties. So you definitely want to come down because, uh, you know, everything, it's always great, always exciting, you know, football fans getting together and just having fun, enjoying the game. And as always, Lance, uh, once again, thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join us. And we will definitely talk next week.
1: Absolutely, Vinny. Thank you always for the platform. You have yourself a great weekend as well.
0: All right. And make sure you guys follow the Booch cast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Episode 2 of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the 90s drops today at 2pm and that is of course the Viper Room Hollywood Sanctuary. Make sure you check it out and of course TV for Teens dropping next Thursday as well on the YouTube channel. Also make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next one watch party will be saturday january the 28th for the wwe royal rumble this is our first stop on the road to wrestlemania and we'll be checking out the women's and men's royal rumble matches to find out who will be main eventing nights one and two of wrestlemania 39 We also have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special tree in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Come a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month, and we have our third level, which is $9.99, $10 per month. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and he believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcasts slash support is how you make that happen and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all Goodbye, goodbye, so long, so long Farewell, farewell, adieu, adieu Be good, stay well, bye-bye Keep warm, relax, and eat Take care, stay loose, adieu, bon I'll la and goodbye till when we meet again